Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, we're post-NHL trade deadline. Yep. We've reached a new low in the season. (laughs) But somehow, it feels satisfying, dude. I don't know what to say. We're an atmospheric river away from the NHL lottery, which may be the most exciting thing we have to look forward to here in the next couple weeks, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, dude. I mean... It's it's not going well for the Sharks, or is it? That's the question of the day. These are the things that um, keep me up at night now, dude. You know, the Sharks have found themselves in the third to worst uh, place in the NHL, right? They yep. are the... Uh, there are 32 teams, is that correct? Yep. They are 30th. Nice. And it's close, dude. It's close. Although Columbus is really uh, making it happen here. But (laughs) the Sharks uh, have two games. uh, They've played two more games than the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets. So those teams actually, oddly enough, have have a higher chance of doing better than the Sharks. And I think at this point, what we're looking at is, is it best for the Sharks to just be bad? Just be bad. Because I feel like... Um, Mike Greer, no matter what he wants to say, has committed to just being bad just the rest say, of the year. Just right? say no to winning. Just say no, dude. Just say no to winning. <laughs> just right? say no. Just say no to winning. I think that, um, you know, I'm looking up here how the NHL uh, uh, draft is going to work this year, dude. And uh, if you are the worst team, right? It does give you there's there's a difference here, right? Everybody's got a shot to land the golden goose, which is Connor Bedard, right? You could be the 17th worst team and have a 0.5% chance mm. of getting Connor Bedard. You could be the worst team and have an 18.5% chance. Only 18%. Wow. Only That's, 18%. I would have guessed higher percentage. So less than one in five, even if you're the worst team in the NHL. That's not great odds. Yeah, it is not a guarantee, right? It is uh, not a guarantee. So Far from it. Yeah. Um, so we shall see, dude. I mean, I, I, I feel fairly confident that the Sharks will have a uh, higher than others average chance of... Uh, Landing the top pick. Um, I've never felt like the Sharks have been supremely lucky as a franchise. Right. Um, I don't feel uh, a ton of confidence about them. I just, it just, the whole thing just stinks like Bedard being a Blackhawk. I mean, it yeah, just, yeah, it just stinks or, like or hell. A du- or a duck. Oh man, that might be the worst. That would be the that here. would be the worst. Is if Bedard gave rise to another golden era in Anaheim, and the Sharks would have to watch him thrive down there yep. for a decade, right? 
I mean, the other, you know, um, thing that would be uh, funny is if, you know, somehow uh, the Detroit Red Wings defied all odds and ended up with Bedard. But dude, I mean, it is most definitely Bedard watch at this point for the Sharks. I mean, they made several moves. Some of them, um, uh, one in particular, I thought was... uh, I don't know what to call it exciting, but I mean, I think it was a pretty good move. One was very head scratching. We can talk about. Okay. And the other is the Timo Meyer trade. So we can start for that. Dude. Yeah. Let's start with Timo Meyer, dude. What was, I mean, you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to see all the names that were involved in the picks that were involved in the Timo Meyer trade. Right. Essentially uh, the Sharks got three young players and two potential first round picks, right? A guaranteed first in 2023 and a conditional 2024 pick that essentially becomes a first rounder. If the devils make the Eastern conference finals in the next two years and Timo plays in the majority of the games, if that does not happen, then it becomes a second round pick in 2024 from what I understand. So, uh, none of the names that come back for Meyer are marquee names. Yeah. Um, the KHL defenseman, uh, and I, I just, I honestly, I have no idea how to say his name. Uh, Muka Madulin. That's a good, good guess. I will go with that. Shakir Muka Madulin, uh, was the devil's fifth rated prospect playing in the KHL. Supposedly, I mean, he, well, he is signed to an entry level deal. So there's no concern about him not coming back, right? He is an NHL property. He will be here supposedly by the end of the season, either to play with the Sharks or the Barracuda. Nikita Akochuk, right? Not bad. That looks pretty good. Is, um, I believe he was their 12th rated prospect, a player that... um, was referred to as like a third pairing defenseman. Okay. A guy who evidently sounds like what Greer might write up as the type of guys that he likes. Hard nose, physical, shot blocking, steady defenseman. Right. Right. Fabian Zetterland, who was playing for the Devils in a regular role um, this year, uh, was described as I think someone described him in an article as a nasty prick or yeah. something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. That was the quote. I think. Um, in watching him play so far, I like him. You know, I don't know that he's a high upside kind of guy, but I feel like there's um he was he he's like five eleven two twenty five or oh something like God. that like i mean like he's he's built like a rectangle which i kind of like that yeah, yeah he's physical he's taken a couple of penalties um over the last couple games that maybe we wish that hadn't happened but um but another greer kind of guy yeah another greer kind of guy that i think is a young player that seemed to show the potential to be a you know 10 to 20 goal scorer and could be an a really great wingman for a high upside skill player like Bedard, right? That yeah. if you're, you know, he's not a goon. He doesn't fight, no, no. right? But he's physical and um, does the dirty work kind of things. And then the Sharks also pick up kind of a veteran throw in Andreas Johnson, who is uh, an NHL vet who'd been buried in the AHL. 
the sharks are kind of getting a free look at him to see if, you know, I mean, this guy is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And if they liked him, they probably could get him on a, you know, a veteran minimum if they wanted him to stay. I mean, I, he's shown, and, and I think he's shown me nothing. Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. um, I am assuming he will continue to play because there's not a lot of, uh, um, upside and being good right now. So yeah. let him keep playing. Right. So that's what we got, dude. Your reaction. It was disappointing that they didn't get a high-end prospect. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, considering I'm not exactly an expert in the New Jersey Devils farm organization, these are all names that we hadn't been talking about. And so the initial reaction is not... It's not like I was exactly starstruck, right? Um, A first-round pick next year will probably be low 20s. We know how valuable or not those can be, which is generally not that valuable, right? The Sharks' past is littered with 20, you know, first-round picks in the 20s that went nowhere. So that doesn't sound great. Um, and I believe it's even... The conditional is lottery protected, I believe. Uh, unlikely. I mean, that, extremely right? unlikely because the Devils are good. But but still, like, you read about some of these guys. Yeah, like you said, Zetterlin seems to be the right kind of person. Um, you know, Mukamadulin seems to have some significant upside. He's a good mover. He's a big guy. But, you know... It's a risk. Everything's a risk here. So, did the did the Sharks fleece the Devils? Hardly, hardly. And and there were plenty of guys that went the other way too. Harrington, Hadaka, Zach Emondagoli, and a fifth round pick. So a lot of maneuvering uh, to get this deal in place. None of those players, I think, were ever really, you know, projected to get anywhere close to the NHL. So I don't think that's really a loss. It's more about you know getting the books balanced essentially. But I mean, I. You know, certainly my initial reaction was this is a terrible deal for the Sharks. I think I've warmed up to it slightly. It's probably, it's obviously the best deal the Sharks could could find at the time. And having him go to free agency would have been a disaster. Greer clearly went for quantity over quality here. I think instead of going for or trying to find a deal that had a top three prospect in there, which from what I understand and just from the commentary I, I've heard from Elliot Freeman and others, I don't think that there was a deal like that out there. Um, and it, he also made it sound like this was exactly what Greer wanted. Like Greer knows the devil's system. He worked for the devils. Like he knows the system and these were the players that he wanted. I think that um, doesn't our, a director of player personnel. Didn't he also come from the devils Fitzgerald? Yeah. So, I mean, they knew this system yeah. like this was, these were the guys that they wanted supposedly uh, from the athletic. Corey Pronman said that uh, Muka Madulin would have been his preference over Alexander Holtz, which, you know, hmm. who was more highly rated on other people's systems. He gave the sharks a B for this return, you know, which, you know, I mean, I respect his opinion. So, um, not sexy, but right. The sharks may have added and hopefully have added three guys who will be playing on the NHL roster, maybe even next year. Right. Yeah. And the thing that they clearly addressed here is the sharks, um, lack of defensive prospects is notable. You know, are of guys who are able to come up and play now. They don't. They don't have those guys. They're having to bring in a Scott Harrington or a 
Nudivara who couldn't even play this year. Yeah. Right. Or you're having to give four years to Matt Benning, right. To get a, you know, younger or even just some sort of body back there to play D. Yeah. Yeah. And with also with, uh, Kanishoff's, um, injury. So, and he's back, which is good, but, uh, they needed more bodies that were closer to being ready to play than, you know, a 18 year old. And I think that they did that in this deal. So it's not exciting, but hopefully these three guys will be contributors. And also, I mean, if you, let's just say the sharks end up with the sixth pick in the draft, right? If you have the sixth pick and you have the 20th pick, you might be able to trade it for the third. You know, you might, you might, you've got some ammo, right? Mm -hmm. You've got ability to maybe move around that you can maybe throw together a deal to get higher up if there's a player that they really wanted. So um, it gave them some maneuverability. Yeah, I I think that's right. I think it's the the best that could have happened. And and like you said, this certainly, and it certainly sounded like from what I read that Greer was really grinding on this deal. Like it wasn't just like the guy's like, hey, what about this? And Greer's like, sold, handshake, we're done. No, he really worked the phones and really worked all the minute details on this thing to try and get as much as he could possibly get. So I appreciate that about him, right? I appreciate that he really tried to maximize return here. Obviously, the Devils got the best player by far. um, And that's just how it goes sometimes. But if he got three guys that he wanted, then, you know, I think if you're putting faith in his vision right now, which I don't think we've really seen what it is, um, you have to you have to give him a shot, right? Yeah. And um, I'm I'm certainly willing to do that. I think maybe the 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 best under the radar deal for the Sharks was trading a 2024 third rounder for the Ducks' sixth rank prospect defenseman from Harvard, Henry Thune. Right? Yeah. Um, this is a, a collegiate player that's unsigned that had already told the Ducks that he was not going to sign with them, and so the Ducks moved him on, got a pick back. And uh, I haven't read any bad review of this trade. Every talent assessor and scout has said this is a great move and a guy who could probably, we will probably see him next year in Teal. Nice, that, nice. You know, he's ready to come in and play. Now, not like a, this isn't another Eric Carlson, but we're talking about another like fourth, fifth guy mm-hmm. on the, in the defensive rotation, which that's been a real problem. It's been a problem for the sharks, you know, to, to have these types of players. So if you're able to get a guy who's going to be able to contribute now, I think that's a win. So, um, good for Mike Greer on pulling that off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at the comments. People comment on dudes on hockey.com. Certainly. I think James had the same kind of initial reaction as us, as I did anyway, uh, it's an embarrassing trade and so forth, but uh, you know, I wonder if some some people are are warming warming up to this a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. People on the fence, uh, inebriated sharks fan, good good name is uh, on the fence with this trade. Um, we'll we'll see. <laughs> oh wait, someone says, could you explain something? Could the sharks have re-upped Meyer as an RFA, then traded him and retained some salary? Yes, they could have done that. Um, that way dealing a player with another year at a reasonable rate, it wouldn't have been a reasonable rate though. It would have been $10 million a year, uh, would have been the qualifying offer. 
and then would get a much better return? Or am I completely mistaken about how RFAs work? No, you, you qualify him, but his qualification is based on his contract and the qualifying minimum qualifying offer for Timo Meyer would have been $10 million. And so now you want the Sharks to have more dead money for Timo Meyer and less trade value because the team that would have traded for him after the qualifying offer would have not had the playoffs this season. They would have had most or some or all of next season. So that, that would not have been in the Sharks' Sharks' best interest in any way. The right move to, was to move him now, in my opinion. We got a question from Eric uh, on questions at dudesonhockey.com, which please feel free to email us any of your questions. It'll take us uh, three weeks to respond. <laughs> uh, Eric asks, essentially, um, did the Sharks make a mistake by re-signing Tomas Hurdle, and should they have instead re-signed Timo Meyer? If they were going to build around one of these two players, did they pick the wrong one? Now, I think it's fair to say that these are two different regimes that made these decisions, right? So one, um, was it a mistake to sign Hurdle last year instead of moving him in a similar deal? And two, if you could pick between the two players, which I think is maybe what, what Eric is asking, which one would you rather have? It's not really fair, right, to have this kind of hindsight, right? Because two years ago, Timo Meyer was in this sort of, is he really good or isn't he? This year, he's really good, and Hurdle has not been really good. So right now, today, you want Meyer <laughs> over Hurdle, and it's not particularly close. Two years ago, you probably want Hurdle. And there, and there is sort of a likability factor, I think, that the fan base loves Tomas Hurdle with good reason, uh, sort of an innocent, friendly guy, you know, a great face for the franchise. Meyer seemed sort of uninterested in times. You know, maybe that's not the right guy you want to give eight years for. You know, I think you can be right at both times in history. And we still don't know how, if he makes a bajillion dollars for the next eight years from the New Jersey Devils, sometimes people lose the edge a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I... If we could go back in time, well, listen, I'll say this. I think if Mike Greer was the GM last year, Tomas Hurdle would be gone. Like, I think he would not right. have kept him. He would have made the same decision here because I think nothing's changed. There's nothing different right. about the situation here. And that holdover Doug Wilson regime could not bring themselves to do it, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, they really struggled to make that kind of tough decision to walk away from a player that should be quote unquote in their prime and get some younger assets in return. The Sharks are not a good hockey team. And I think that they tried to continue to sell us the story that we're just a couple of pieces away from being back in the playoffs. And that is not true. Like that's not true for next year either, no. you know? And um, I wish the messaging might clear up a little bit on that. I feel like they're still sort of saying this is not a rebuild. It is. This is. Your trade here says that as much. Like this is a rebuild. We're starting over. Like there's right. there there isn't um any other path here, I don't think. Sure, but from a messaging perspective and I'm no I'm no public relations person, is that really a benefit? To tell no. the fan well, base, can't. yeah, we're bad and no. we're going to get worse. Like, you can't say that. You're I trying to sell tickets. I get it, dude. I get it. But I, I guess I, I also, I I don't buy it. Like, oh, I just, no. Uh, no, no. Be like, you know, Mike, your sweatshirt's blue, buddy. <laughs> like, Mike is wearing a red sweatshirt. No, no, no. That's blue. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, you know the truth, yeah. right? And yeah. so, and it's okay. Like, I think, like, really, I'm 
okay with this. Like I, I, I want them to read. They need to restart. We are in the spinning wheel of Apple death and we need to reboot. Yes. We need to restart. I think all Sharks fans understand that. I mean, the part, and moving on to another trade here that was a little bit confusing, was seeing a guy that the Sharks got on waivers in Mikey Acemont spun off to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Nemestikov, and then you, you go, there's no way that they want to keep Nemestikov. Right. Like, what? And they you know, retained half his salary so that he would then become a tradable asset that essentially... Uh, you know, replaces the draft pick that they gave up for Henry Thune, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they took Esimont, who they got for free off waivers, and turned him into a 2025 fourth round pick. So that's being claimed as good asset management. I don't know that I wouldn't rather just have Mikey Esimont. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. That that's the one where. I don't know. Didn't like the night before he get benched or something? He did, but but I mean, um, I mean, unless they're all great actors, I mean, Quinn seemed clearly um, surprised and didn't um, expect this move. Like okay. that, that. So wasn't he like you know? No, he I don't think in, he was like get rid of things this guy. about Quinn's mother or something. No, I don't. I don't think so. You okay. know, I I think that this was an opportunity to take what was a zero asset and turn it into an asset down the road. And clearly they didn't, I, I know I, I read something and I didn't totally understand it, dude. The Essiemont for the lightning is an RFA, but because he had played a certain number of games for the sharks, if he played over a certain number of games, he was going to be a UFA, which was going to mean he's going to be more expensive. Nah. If we wanted to, I don't know. It seemed to be justifying that Essiemont was going to be able to maybe require more money than the sharks were going to be willing to give him. So, okay. It was just, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he was seemed to be playing the style that the sharks want. He, maybe he took too many penalties. He also drew a lot of penalties. I, yeah. I, I'd rather have the player in this case, like, but okay. You know, Nick Bonino, Nick Bonino to the penguins the, the, for two low picks and some, the second Rando. era, yeah. the second era of Nick Medino, yeah. now over. I'm glad he's you know gonna go lose in the first round with the Penguins and, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's good. You don't need to keep Nick Benino right now, and also you can resign Nick Benino in the off season, which he seemed to say he might be willing to come back. I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't really see the point in that, but like if you're committed to kind of being this bottom feeding veteran laden roster, instead of putting the kids through this, uh, sure. We'll bring back Nick Bonino and train him again for another fifth. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I mean, what's, what's the harm? Yeah. Yeah. And I, to me, this deal seems like it was a signaling deal from Greer to players in that I think Benino wanted to go to the Penguins and Greer found a way to make it happen. Right. Yeah. And so this is Greer sort of saying, Hey, we're going to try and treat you right. You know, we're going to try and, you know, he had no obligation to send Nick Benino to the Penguins. He could have sent Nick Benino to Vancouver, some other right. terrible team. Right. And he didn't. He sent him to the team that he wanted to go to. Yeah, dude, that's important. That's a great observation. This is the second time Mike Greer has done this because he kind of obliged 
Brent Burns yeah. in the same way. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't know that I would give Eric Carlson the same yeah. treatment, although Eric Carlson holds all the cards, That's right. right? That's so, right. So, um, <laughs> I, I just, I think, dude, I, I think this offseason, Eric Carlson is going to say, I want out. I, I, I think yeah. I think he's gonna say that. And because he said that, you know, given these moves that he was disappointed given where he is in his career, having a you know, maybe one of the best offensive seasons by a defenseman since the early nineties or something. I mean, this is he's yeah, gonna he had have a career high points. for a Hall of Fame player for sure. Right. I think he's gonna I, I just I have a feeling that's coming, dude. It's yeah. coming and I don't blame him. But 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 also I just don't know the Sharks will not be able to get fair value right you know well so, it might be nice to see the oilers just crap out again and then they have to sell the farm to get eric carlson because <laughs> that's the one guy who's going to take him over know, so we'll have to talk about that in the offseason The the one player who seemed uh not happy with his situation at the deadline was uh was james reimer who wanted to be traded and yeah. was not and well you gotta play well in order for teams to want you and <laughs> wait like, wait say that again wait let me write got, this down you, you gotta play well for wait, teams to want you play wait play well got it how hey, about average i'm writing this down <laughs> listen th- both of i mean <laughs> cockenden had was like really good for a stretch and then he just got destroyed like mm, yeah two games in a row destroyed and and he, he had gave up a really bad goal last night against St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I don't know that anybody I can't imagine that Greer turned down an offer for Reimer. <laughs> right. Like Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe just on principle that you won't trade him for a sixth. Like I don't know. Maybe sure. it's just on principle. Yeah. But um I don't know that he presented any real value on the market. So, uh, yeah, I mean, shark school tending is continues to be a huge problem, which yeah. is okay. Yeah. Right now it's okay. This is a weird situation. You know, I, I'm not used to rooting for a team that's been this bad. You know, certainly the sharks were bad the first season. Right. But, uh, it's, it's weird to be a sharks fan and to really, uh, root for the team to lose, but I'm kind of getting into the swing yeah. of it now. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, I, when I watched the game last night, I wasn't rooting for them to lose, right? Like, I mean, you're you're watching the game, you're invested, right? It, they were tied. It was tied 2-2. And then when they found out, fell down 3-2, I was like, okay. Mm, I'm okay. I'd be like, okay, right? I'm all right with this. They pulled the goalie, right? I mean, you know, you, you kind of get, it's 4-2. They pulled the goalie. They're getting a lot of shots on you. Like, eh, it's, I mean... Take your foot off the gas, little guys. Yeah, but you know, they're not going to do that. These guys don't care about getting a first round pick. No, they're playing for a roster spot next year. They're That's playing right. for their careers. They're not going to throw in the towel. No, no, no. way. So, um, and I don't want them to do that. I don't want the players to do that. But it's just a fact that they're not a very good team. So, um, you just to see how the season plays out, dude. And right now it certainly looks like the Sharks are going to have a decent shot at one of the top two players, which I admit as a fan, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I, that I'm excited too. It could, the it Sharks could, have never had a number one pick. No. And so, you know, that could, the last time we had a number two pick, it completely changed the shape of the franchise for two decades. That's right. Yeah. And then we ended up with the number one pick too. Yeah. From that year. We're going to both. We got jumbo. <laughs> 
Dude, dude, I'm gonna go to Arizona to see the Sharks play the Coyotes on the first of April. It's gonna be amazing. They're gonna play in a college arena. It's I gonna like be it. So I want, funny. I want to. I want to hear all about it. I'm paying way too much for the tickets. Just, I'm just doing it for the story. Like the game's gonna be bad. Yeah. The Sharks gonna be bad. The yeah. Stadium's gonna be bad. Yeah. Coyotes are gonna be bad. And I'm still looking forward to it. It's a great story, dude. And I wish you safe travels. <laughs> we'll record before then. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Going going our normal record, I'm not so sure. But we'll, we'll do our best. We'll see you in May. Yes. <laughs> Bye, sh- everybody. Go Sharks. Sort of. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.